Hey everybody, welcome to Thumbnail Visual Arts Podcast. I'm Joe Rosher, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignol. I'm an illustrator and a, a two-dimensional artist. And today we're going to be talking about critiques and, you know, why they're important. I guess we'll talk a little bit about, obviously, you're you're in school still as a professor, you're teaching now. Yeah. And so you're dealing with critiques from a different perspective, but you also are still an artist and it's important to get critiques on your work. Sometimes we do a, um, a news story before the podcast, but we didn't have time to dig one up. So we're just going to get right into it today. Yeah, that sounds great. So I know you, you were the one that brought this topic up. So did you have a place you wanted to start with? I thought it would be a good topic because one, artists need critiques all the time, whether you like it or not. Two, it's important to know how to have the right mindset during a critique, how to act during one how to even ask for one like what are the best ways to get feedback whether it be online face to face in the classroom why don't we start with the classroom setting because that's where most people are going to get critiqued when you're in art school and so i guess what is a critique a critique is when you throw up your work on the wall and you want to get input from other people on how they like it what they think of it is it a success is it telling a narrative properly? Is it meeting the brief or the assignment requirements? That's that's what a critique is. And so you can imagine a classroom with everyone's piece, everyone's project up on the wall, and you're going to each one individually to uh, critique it, to talk about it. I always thought final critiques were like pointless because at that point you can't, it's like you're finished with the piece. But it, when you're learning in school, they're not pointless because you're still developing a style and any input is still valuable. Yeah. But in-progress critiques are definitely more useful if you're, especially if you're like have a client and you're trying to please them, you want to know, get their feedback and get other people's feedback in, in, while you're working. That brings up a great point, in-progress critique versus final critique. I don't ever believe in a final, final critique. Yeah. Like I believe in a last critique maybe that a class is giving, but... I always, always encourage students to go back to the piece, fix changes that you want to fix to improve the piece that might have come up during the crit. Right. And it, it all comes down to what's going to make your portfolio better in the long run. It's not always necessarily trying to make your grade better. It's how it benefits you in reality is, is fixing your portfolio. And in process, crits are great because you get that chance to rework things or, or catch potential errors before you get too deep into a project. And so that that's always great. So when you're getting a critique, it's important that everyone understands where you are in the process. Right. For, for one, identify the things that are done that you think are working. It's important to ask questions on what you're struggling with in the piece. What, what are some things that weren't coming naturally and you want to see if they're they're working? So that's a good idea. So you're saying like go into a critique and have questions Always. like think about you want to know is this working is that you know is the composition working and so you're going in with an attitude like a humble attitude you know your humility and your you want to know other people's perspective and so we could talk a little bit about that the attitude that you want to have during your the critique yeah i think attitude's most important it's very easy to take things personally especially when you're working hours and hours on a piece you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears into it. But it's so important to yep. be able to separate yourself from the piece. All these criticisms, ideas, and things that are being brought up during a crit aren't to attack you 
or praise you as an artist individually in any way. It's meant to just identify what's working, what's not working in the piece itself. So you have to be able to separate. Yes. And there's actually a great video on YouTube and it's of an art. Have you seen this video? It's like of an art critique that someone filmed for some reason, but it's in an art school. And the girl is up in front of the class and they're critiquing her work. And they're being a little bit nitpicky, in my opinion. She can't separate it, her art from herself. So she starts having like a temper tantrum mm. and she ends up smashing the paint. <laughs> it's pretty funny to watch, but it's like, that's the what you don't want to do. You need to be able to realize that they're talking about, I know it's a, it feels like a part of you because it's your art, but it's something you worked on and you have to be able to separate yourself and realize that they're not critiquing you as a person. It's like, they're just trying to help you improve. As far as like attitude, obviously, that you want to have, and you want to be able to separate yourself, which is so important. I know that, that that's what you were kind of going on, being able to, to just totally separate yourself from the work and so that you're not taking things personally. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing, I think, is, is separating yourself. And then when it comes to being the critiquer, the one who's looking at someone else's work, mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a mindset shift too. I'm all for nitpicking, but... Be blatant about that too. It's like, this is a nitpick, but blah, 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 blah. As a critiquer, it is the most valuable thing to be able to articulate right. your first impression of a piece. As if you just turned the corner and saw it in the gallery, what are the things you're noticing first? What isn't clear? Craft issues? Is it meeting the brief requirements? But hearing someone articulate their very first impression of something is probably the most valuable thing I've ever gotten. Yeah. Is your hierarchy structure as intended? Are you interpreting the piece as intended? Yeah, oftentimes too, if you're an illustration major, you're going to get jobs. And sometimes the whole class gets the same job, so they kind of know what the, the story is. But if you are doing separate jobs, maybe editorial illustrations, maybe don't tell them what the article was about and see if they can figure it out from your illustration. Is it good enough? Does it stand on its own? You know? Yeah. Especially if that's important. Right. If it's important that it stands out on its own, sometimes it will only be with an article, let's say, and then, it, then it's supplementing and then, then it's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's always important to give the context too of where the piece lives. I wanted to say too, as the critique er, it's important to like treat people obviously as you want to be treated. And so you have to deliver the message in a nice way. You could critique someone's work and even be nitpicky, but still deliver your critique in a way that's, that they're going to be more open to. Think about how you would want someone to tell you, right. you know, and, and so sometimes it's almost just like sandwiching it in between compliments. You know, I really like the way this part is. And then this part over here, maybe you could have done this a little differently. And then maybe another compliment at the end. People are way more likely to take that, the critique that way. So you just want to think about that. There's constructive criticism and then there's just being mean. And then sometimes being mean just because of a personal opinion. So you also, as a critique, you have to separate yeah. opinions from, from reality, right? So a lot of it is opinion-based, but you have to know how to explain why you don't like that color green or explain why certain things aren't working, not right. just say you don't like the piece just because it's a subject matter you don't like. Are there things that you're seeing like a pattern of with students that they're doing wrong as far me? I don't know, maybe it's like they're too defensive or... I hate hearing excuses. Yep. I hear them all the time and I always 
try to nip them in the bud and no one no one wants to hear your excuses that's not mm-hmm. the piece so cut that out no excuses defending your work it's not a place to defend your work you want your critiquers to be able to just speak freely speak their minds and you'll get way more out of that than trying to meet them with a defensive anything yeah. defensive tone def- defending why you put that there giving some bs reason no i agree unless it's a legitimate defense like you know well the client asked for the jacket to be red you know and that's the what they're critiquing you on but for the most part people like i i know that we had people when i was in school that would definitely get on the defense and they immediately try to tell you why they did it that way and you know or they did that on purpose but it's like that's the worst way to, to... i hate that when i hear i did that on purpose well that doesn't mean it's right or when someone else gives an interpretation of the piece. You meant you meant to be an idiot? <laughs> like you meant to make your work look awful? Like that's what you want to say. That doesn't make you look any better. It's like, okay, shut. Don't tell me that. Keep your mouth shut. Right. Or even trying to, t- trying to take credit for some weird connection that someone made. It's like, oh, this is kind of like an allegory to politics or religion or something. And it's like, oh... I was going for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going for that. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard people do that too. Yeah, so uh, I'm sick of hearing that crap. Just keep your mouth shut. Have have a notebook with you. Start taking notes. Take notes on everything, good and bad. And keep yeah, keep your mouth shut. And you don't you don't have to take every criticism seriously. Correct. Uh, you you have to be able to pick and choose what you think is going to benefit the piece moving forward. The critiques are only to help you make that piece better. That's that's all it's really meant for. And so what what ones are you actually going to act on? What aren't you? You have to be that filter. And if it's a final critique, then it's maybe not, you know, what they're critiquing you on isn't going to make that piece better, but use it for your next work. You know, whatever they're critiquing you on, try to still take notes because what they say could could come in handy maybe it's a problem that you're struggling with that you're doing in a lot of your work and it's something you could fix or or use it to make that piece better and it this all critiquing does is help you get a thick skin be able to judge artwork analytically be judged and be able to take criticism without getting emotional about it it's always hard yeah i still get you, you still get emotional no matter how far along in your career you are on a, in a crit, but you just learn how to suppress <laughs> certain things and to act a certain way and to take that info, let it stew, and then figure out what you're going to do moving forward. Because when you, you're in the real world with a client, an editor, what have you, they're going to tell you what they think. Right. They're going to tell you what they need and want, and you're going to have to change it. No, exactly. So we're talking about like critiques where you know, you're, you're in a classroom setting and, and everyone's there and you're getting a critique. But obviously when I was in school too, we, I would also take a project that I was working on and show a couple of, you know, the people that were sitting around me and, and ask them their input. So this is more like of an informal critique with just a few people. I think those are just as valuable, sometimes more valuable. Yeah, I think it's very important to get process critiques on your own, uh, no matter, yeah, no matter where you are in your career. It's great to have a critique group or just certain friends you like to pass things by. And I like those smaller critiques too, because you're way less likely to get contradicting opinions where you get the bigger the group that you get together, the more likely you are to have people disagree and and it just gets confusing. I think with the smaller group is a great time to do that A and B testing. You know, you're, you have two compositions that you you think you're going to move forward with or could move forward with. It's more asking like, what do you like better? What's working better? I don't like when someone comes to me and, right. and it's like, okay, here's all my stuff. What do you think? 
like, well, I could tell you what I think, but what do you, what are you trying to get out of it is the real question. It's like, what are you struggling with? What do you, do you want me to pick my favorite? No, I know what you're saying. And then there's the other problem too, where they don't even have an option. It's like, they just bring you the one thing they're working on. And it's like, this is what I'm doing. But when, what you're saying is you, they should have come to you earlier in the process when they were, maybe were just doing thumbnails even and shown you some of the option, at least two options. So you can have different things to look at. Whereas if you just skip that critique and you just pick the one you want to do, and then you go and ask for critiques, you know, maybe you missed a great opportunity for them to have, you know, shown you a problem with that composition, you know, before you started. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the earlier you are in the process, the less likely you are to be so connected to your work. Be careful who you bring your crit critiques to or who you get a critique from. Some people who you might want to get an opinion from, whether it be a spouse, significant other, family member, you know, neighbor, roommate, right? They don't always have the, the same level of expertise that you might have. Not saying that that's a bad criticism, critique ever, but just be aware of that. And their opinion at a certain early stage might screw you up. Yeah. Or so, so be careful about that. I do think, though, that it's a great read to get opinions from non-artists. I agree totally. I, I've said this before, but I always ask my wife when I'm working on a portrait if she can recognize who it is, because you don't have to be an artist to know if you recognize, yeah. you know, if, if the portrait looks like it, who it's supposed to look like. There's a lot of times you are making art for people that are not artists. And so to get an opinion then is valuable. And you're not going to get the same level of critique from those people. They're not going to be able to tell you what's wrong with the composition, but they might just be able to say like, uh, I don't think it's good enough. Or, you know, they might have very, and you're going to have to go back and figure that out what they meant, right? Because they're not, you know, trained to make or to, to give critiques in an art way. And that's exactly the point with the A and B testing, right? Is if you show these people different versions, they'll tell you what one they like best. And then you do that to all the focus group, right? Your own focus group to see um, what works, what doesn't. Yeah. I guess what I was trying to say is that, yeah, they'll, if you give them an A, B choice and they're a non-artist, they'll definitely be able to tell you which one they like better, but they may not be able to tell you why. Whereas an artist will probably be able to tell you why, what's right. working better about that that one. And so there's value in both of those critiques. And sometimes not all artists. <laughs> an artist has to, I don't know, be used to the critiques. And there's a lot of artists out there that did not ever go to art school. It's a, it's a different skill. And so they don't have the same, well, they, they just didn't sit through as many critiques as someone who's been through an art school. So you're, you have a different um, experience level too. And so you have to keep that in mind too. I think it's also important to, I, I get critiques by designers. I do a lot of design, but I don't do it all the time. So I like to like to get their feedback on if the design is nice if the design is working i know a lot of illustrators that are phenomenal drawers but have piss poor design sensibility their composition is not always that great but but their details and and their ability to render um, a drawing is really good so yeah that's a great idea having like a graphic designer or any type of designer take a look and give you their input too cross discipline when you can I, i'm always in favor of that because they'll bring totally different points of view another thing too is you want to give the if you're going to someone with your work to, to have them help you or critique it, give them the permission, give them permission to be brutally honest. If you don't, they may not give you an honest critique. They may just tell you what they think you want to hear. Oh yeah. Like make, make me cry. So tell them like, I don't want you to tell me what I want to hear. I want you to tell me like the honest truth. Cause I'm trying the reason I 
getting a critique is because I want to improve or make this piece as right. good as possible. So help me do that. Because I was thinking like, obviously, I haven't been in school for a while now. And so I'm not getting critiques anymore, really. I know that there are places, there's like forums online, you can upload your work and get honest critiques. How do you, as an artist, like we both work for ourselves, we both work at home alone. We don't always have somebody else there to run our stuff by. What What do you normally do when you want to run something by someone? I, I do ask my significant other a lot of times what they think Yeah, because they're they're right there most of the time. I use my parents as a sounding board a lot. They're my general public meter. They're non-artists. Like, do you think this is cute? Do you understand this gag that I'm doing or this joke or uh, the piece works for a mass audience? It's like a mass audience detection. What's what's working? What's yeah. not working? Is it cute? Is, uh, is the narrative working? Do they understand what I'm trying to do? Because they're not they're not artists. Yeah. And that's smart. I want the general public to be able to get what I'm trying to convey. And then when I when I want something more in depth or need something more in depth, I do try to tap into my local network of artists, people I went to school with or people I admire to just this yep. just to get their opinion, maybe buy them lunch or go get coffee. Everyone's time is valuable, so make make sure you compensate yep. where you can, be generous, and then they'll be they'll be generous with their opinion. That's true. Yeah, if you're showing them that you value their time by like you said yeah. taking them out for a coffee or, or or whatever, you know, and offering to do the same for them in return if they ever need critique or whatever. But locally there's a couple groups I'm a part of that I'll show work to every now and then. Lately it's it's mainly been trying to get a read if the general my general public meters yeah <laughs> so here's something i use for somewhat for a critique and i don't know how effective it is so here's something that i use for critique it's social media so what i mean by that is i will post things i don't mean like in the comments people are going to give critiques because for the most part people are going to always just say really nice things but what i mean is how much engagement does something get because if i put something up and it gets way less engagement than what my work may normally get. I'll like try to figure out why. Yeah. Like I'll actually give some thought to it and say like, well, why did this not work as well? The problem with it is sometimes it might be just that you posted it at a weird time and you're critiquing something that may just not be there. And so the better way to do it, I've found, because I don't know if it's just because I posted it at a weird time, rather than critiquing the negative ones, I take the ones that get a ton of engagement and I critique those. Like what worked so well about those? Why did people really connect to those and how can I do that in my work more often so I'm trying to get like critique feedback just based on the amount of engagement and then it takes a lot of self-analysis I guess and when you say engagement are you just saying meaning likes and comments yeah basically because I mean I get it's all over the map I get some things that get a fifth of the engagement of some other things and then I all of a sudden will post something that gets tons of engagement and so it's like well I know this piece definitely connected with people and sometimes it's just like the piece I did of the Joker I mean people just love the Joker so that's it's hard to really know what I did right. It just could be that they really just like the Joker. But engagement on social media, how do you feel about that as like using that to kind of critique your work and figure out what's working and what isn't? But sometimes I feel like it could be a dangerous road because <laughs> then you are probably just hitting like what you were saying, those pockets of people who just really like the Joker yeah, and like, like the image, but doesn't necessarily mean it's a 
better piece than other pieces you did. So that's that's sometimes a slippery slope, I think. It's a tough one. Like that's why I said I don't know how effective it is, but I do use it. And I think like you said, everyone kinda does. Every artist out there probably posts their work and then kind of wonders why some pieces didn't get as much engagement as they thought they would and and has given it some thought at least. Maybe not to the extent that I have, but everyone does that a little bit. I use market as a way to critique, kind of in the same way I guess you're using social media. They in holiday sales or craft shows, I'm aware of what sells better than other things. And then you start to pick up patterns and realize what, one, what you need more product of, two, what you should make more product like. It's like, what, where's your market? Where, where are the people actually willing to rip out their wallets? Yeah. Because there's no better read of what people are actually liking is if they actually get their money out of their pocket and buy something. Okay, you know they really liked that. So what it worked well about it. That's our real intention, right? We're, we're trying to make a living as an artist. So we have to we have to keep that in mind. It's like, yeah, I might like how a Rothko original looks, but I'm never going to buy one, you know? So that's also like the flip side of the, the market thing. It's like, yeah, they might like what they're seeing, yeah, but they're not going to buy it for some reason. And so you got to analyze those. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the market as social media is one way, but the market is almost a better way because, you know, you're really seeing what people are connecting with when, when they're buying it for sure. So I think you're right. I was thinking about, I have a friend that is um, a tattoo artist and they worked for, well, they've been doing it for years, but they worked for years doing it. And I didn't think that they improved all that much over like the, and I've told them this story, so I'm not going to offend them if they hear this, but they ended up getting a second apprenticeship after they had already been doing it for years with an artist that's like a a well-known, really great artist. And they improved so much in the time they worked at that shop because they worked with someone that's so much better than them. It elevated their game. So get critiques from people that are really a lot better than you and work with them. It's, you know, cause that's just how you're going to get better. Any profession, you know, basketball players, if they're playing against Michael Jordan one-on-one, they're going to get way better than if they just play against somebody that's not that great. That's the way to elevate yourself for sure. Yeah. That's a really great suggestion. And he said too, like he, so before he got that apprenticeship with the great artist, like he worked for years in his own shop and every tattoo he gave afterwards, the person is like, yeah, I love it. And so when all you ever hear is people love your work and which is true with most tattoo artists. Everyone always just says they love it because, you know. You can't not, <laughs> you can't change it. Right. Right. What are you supposed to say? And so they hear that all the time. It can get go to their head. And so you have to realize that why are people saying they love it? Is it because they're in a situation where they have to say it? And so how, how meaningful is it? So that's why I said when you go to people that are friends and you're asking for their critiques, like definitely make sure you give them permission to be brutally honest. So you're getting like a real critique. Did you have any other thoughts about critique as far as, because we went over like in school and how important it is obviously during art school, but. I've had critiques on forums and a couple different forums. One of them being I took a online picture book class. Yep. And part of what was included in that class was you'd be uh, matched up with a critique group and so throughout the process of the class you'd be getting you have you have your little team of people that you're connected with online and can meet via Skype and and critique your book dummies and all that. And it also had a forum component so you could submit your dummies or whatever you want to critique and have written responses to it. I found that style is It goes back to that question of who are you going to get critiques from and being aware of who your audience is. Right. Are they seasoned professionals in the industry? 
or are they people like you who are trying to get into the industry and amateurs? Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's still benefit to that, but you get so much more benefit when you get a critique from someone who is way better than you, like you said, with the tattoo artist. Yeah, I think for sure. For instance, whenever I put my work up in class when I was in school, I always valued what the teacher said for their critique of my work more than the students because you know they have way more experience. And so when you do a critique in class, you're probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the class. You're going to have students that are better than artists than you and other students that are not as good. So keep that in mind too when you're getting critique. Like if it's somebody that their work is terrible, like their critique may not hold as much weight with you. But like you said, you get critiqued from people that are non-artists. So everyone's input is valuable in some way. You just have to I remember so many times after critiques, like my head would be spinning because I got so many contradicting opinions. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't even know what to do now. I, like some people told me to go in this direction. Some people thought I should go in this other direction. And so you really have to like manage those suggestions and give some priority over others based on person that gave it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. Being that filter, like we said in the beginning, it's hard sometimes, especially when contradicting ideas come across the table. Another thing when critiquing that I find difficult is people will try, I'm even guilty of this, I'll, I'll try to give solutions to the problem where I think it's more important to identify the problem. Yeah. Because there's a million solutions that could happen to any problem that you identify. So the fact that you can identify the problem is more important. That's exactly it. If there's like a focal point in the illustration and you can't tell what it is, like identify that to the person. Hey, like, I don't really know what the focal point of this illustration is. And then they can go and figure out how they can fix that, whether it's making it bigger or brighter or, you know, but like you said, if you're trying to fix the problem for them, that's not helpful. They need to work through that themselves. You just have to identify what the issue is. If they're stuck, like you might sometimes giving possible solutions mm -hmm. might work, but they're, they're also just hypothetical solutions. So these are also things you got to filter out and be aware of. It's not the gospel truth, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it would be fun in the future, maybe like some listeners could send in some work if they're brave enough. And we could do like a podcast where we give like them critiques of their work. So we could show how we critique work. And we would obviously do it in a kind way and send in what what you're having problems with your questions. Yeah. And then once we collect a few pieces, maybe we'll do a podcast where we do like critique and we can put the work up in the show notes so other people can see what we're critiquing or we can do it as a YouTube video or something. But I think that might be an interesting idea for, for a future podcast. And I would like it if people would send in different levels too of, of um, in process. So maybe send in like some anything from thumbnails that you want us to look at and all the way up to finished work so we can kind of pick and choose different levels of in progress, I guess. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, because we could critique our own work or just pick random work online to critique, but it would be cool if we could do some listeners. So you have to be brave and we'll do it in a nice way. I think I am pretty happy with what we covered, but I know it was your idea. Do you have anything else you wanted to add to this particular subject? Not really, just openness. Just as long as you stay open and hear everyone out and take it all in, I think that's the, the best way to accept critique. Yeah, I agree. Be open. Don't be defensive. Don't make excuses. And then go back and think about what people said and prioritize the suggestions and then work from there. Yeah. And come ready with questions. Come ready with a notebook. 
because it's it's easy to forget and not remember what someone said about something if you didn't write it down right away. Yeah, bring a notebook to critiques for sure. Or have a friend or have a friend take notes for you and trade off is a great one too. So you can pay more attention like while the critique's going on. Yeah. Right. So you're not missing things while you're taking notes, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. I do think like the size of the critique though, there's got to be like a cap. Like I hated doing it in really large classrooms where it was like 25 students because mm. first of all, the critique takes way too long because everyone's given their feedback and it just takes, but you know, you want, you don't want to have that many people probably critique you because it's just going to be too much and too confusing. You need it to be like a, a smaller group for sure. And yeah, and don't be scared to speak up. A lot of times I need to really pull opinions out of people. Yeah. I notice sometimes like if I, so we would put the work up and then we would just go down the line and do critiques. And if I said anything like slightly critical of someone's work, whenever it got to my work, that person always had something critical to say about mine, like whether it needed it or not. Like I felt like sometimes people almost wanted to get back at you for the being critical. Did, did you ever notice that? <laughs> huh. I, I do notice that sometimes. I notice, I notice that with me a lot, but um, that's what I loved. Oh, here's a good thing I wanted to talk about was what makes a good critique, right? It's a good critique isn't just hearing good things about your work. That's the worst critique. No, that's probably a bad, that's like the worst type of critique. A good critique is getting input on how you can make your work better, no matter what that input is. That's a good critique. And so I think that's an important distinction that people need to make. So when you're walking away from a crit, yeah, you could have been ripped apart. Yeah. But that's a good critique. It's not the end of the world. Like I could go into an art museum and I could critique almost everything up there and at least give one thing I think that could have been done differently. And I'm talking about like Picasso or anything. And these are people, they're paintings that are worth a lot of money and they're really great. Even the best artwork in the world, you can at least find something that maybe could have been done differently. Don't get down if people give you feedback that that you maybe didn't want to hear mm -hmm. work with it and figure out how you can you're always trying to improve as an artist that's the thing like you don't want to be stagnant and let you know once you stop getting critiques from people you probably are going to be stagnant you need to have mm -hmm. feedback you need to know what other people are thinking you're just way it's it's going to be easier to grow if you're getting that type of stuff it's like um What's the word I'm looking for? Obviously, like glass, if you drop glass, it breaks, right? It doesn't get stronger by hitting it. But your art, the more critique you get, and though it's hard to hear, the stronger your work gets. That's why they say like all, you know, I don't, I don't want to pick on like a generation of people, but you know, when, when you get like trophies for just participating and all, you know, it makes you a weaker person. Like you can't handle losing or you can't handle any negative feedback because you're just not used to it. You've been pampered. And so it's the same with your art and with growing. You need to hear things that are negative sometimes so you can, I don't know, figure it out and figure out how to, to change and how to grow. Yeah. Fail forward, fail often. What's the next one? Fail. Don't be scared to fail. <laughs> Just fail. <laughs> yeah, be a failure. <laughs> Just fail. You learn so much more when you fail. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, every everybody that has a really successful business probably failed many times before they, they actually succeeded. And so don't be afraid to ask for help and, and to actually take that advice and, and work with it. Cool. I think we had a nice conversation about critiques. I know we're both super busy because of, of the holidays and everything. And we're, we've got a lot of work that we're dealing with. You have a sale coming up this weekend you're preparing for. And I just had my Black Friday sale, so I'm fulfilling orders. So we're going to keep it on the shorter side today. But thanks for joining us, everyone. Hey, thanks, everybody. Take care.